Hello, everybody, and welcome to Unsportsmanlike Commentary. This is DC. I'm joined by Tyler, and we're here to talk about all the Week 9 football games. Tyler, how are you doing today? I'm great. This is the third time we've done this so far tonight, Bad, and man. not in kind any of. particular order. Kind of. Um, yeah, no, no, I'm good. All right, good. Glad to hear it. So we're going to jump right in, and as always, we're going to start with what were we most right about, wrong about, and our biggest takeaways. So, Tyler... What were you most correct about this week? Um, what I was most correct about can be best described by this sound clip because I'm not proud about what I was right about. Ta-da. Not even kind of proud. Ta-da. I, I'm not even kind of proud because I picked the Steelers at the under at 14 and a half. How they got there was not how I envisioned it. I specifically called on the last goddamn podcast. Yeah. That I I was like, it's going to be a 14 point win. They're going to cakewalk after fucking after halftime. It's going to be nothing. It took until the fourth fucking quarter for the undefeated Steelers to put away yeah. The fourth starting quarterback for the Cowboys this year. The fourth. Oh, and speaking of Cowboys, I would love to quickly send a shout out to a faithful listener, as I have come to learn uh-huh. over the, the past couple of weeks. Uh, I'm not going to name names, but uh, he is formerly, and I mean, currently, I would say currently, I mean, he, 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 he holds the title. Um, the, the current mayor mayor of uh, Rep City, Gainesville, USA. Oh. Had conversations yes. even today that he yes. listens to our shit and, and, and he enjoys it and I appreciate it. Um, yes. He's not he's not a big fan of how you try to be PC and shit like that, but that's fine. Oh, I'm um, sorry. Moving on. Moving on. These are... Holy fuck, dude. These are inf- some inflated stats. If you're looking at this game and then you go, wow, Ben Roethlisberger had a nice game. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. Guess what? Every focal, every, every focal point of that offense had a horrible game. Mm-hmm. I don't give a shit that Ben threw for over 300 and had three touchdowns with no interceptions. Yeah. I don't care. James Conner, nine carries for 22 yards. Thanks for tanking my fucking fantasy team i was this was i mean a little bit more of a focal point of where i was right but i'm not going to claim this as my where i was the most right um i picked juju to be the best fantasy outcome receiver for the steelers this week and i was right okay yeah um and i actually had i had deontay johnson at two and had chase claypool at three and the standard scoring i was right about deontay ppr he had two more receptions than him with less yards claypool was the better no if we're going strictly off standard which is what you and i do our fantasy rankings off of mm-hmm. i was correct on that as well holy fuck this god this was one of the most painful games to watch through the fucking week because you look at an undefeated team in the pittsburgh steelers that just rolled well, okay, I can't say rolled, but 
held their own against the Baltimore Ravens. They're a divisional foe and the biggest threat to them, second biggest threat in the AFC to them. Um, yeah, and we thought, oh, they're going to bring their C game into this. <clears throat> it could easily be at under. The line was at 14 and a half. They brought their D minus game. They mm-hmm. didn't show anything until uh, it, it, Dallas led for most of this game. Yes, absolutely. This is embarrassing to watch. And I mean, like when you look at superior teams, like you look at teams that are like have long stretches with no losses periodically, they do have one or two embarrassing wins. You look at the Niners a year ago, mm-hmm. they started eight. No, but in that eight, no stretch, they beat the Redskins nine to nothing. This may be their embarrassing win. We shall see. I, I really I hope it is. They got Joe Burrow coming into town next week, and Joe Burrow is showing he ain't nobody to fuck with. Very much so. Yeah, no, I I, I agree with everything you said, and I mean at the end of the day, you did you did t- take Pittsburgh at the under in that one. I'm not um, proud, and, and you were correct, but I don't think it was proud. you know like you said this was not the way you envisioned that no. happening. Not at all. Um, but hey. You were correct. So, so bravo to you. I'm going to, I'm going to tackle the Raiders and the Chargers. That, that was, that was my point. I, I would love to get into the upset picks, but we're going to save that for the very final segment. Uh, Raiders and Chargers. Look, a lot of you Charger fans out there are probably saying we should have won that game and you very well may have, but at the end of the day, I specifically said, the reason I'm taking the Raiders wasn't because I thought the Raiders were a better team overall. It wasn't because I didn't have faith in the Chargers and, and their ability to put up points. It was because the Chargers, as of right now, with the rookie quarterback, have not shown they know how to close out games. And what happened again, Chargers fans? What happened again, week after week after week, after as, as we've been seeing, the Chargers could not seal the deal. And they ended up losing 31 to 26 to Las Vegas. And it was exactly, you know, if you're a Chargers fan, you knew something was going to go wrong. You knew, you knew they weren't going to be able to quite pull it off for some whatever reason. Every week it seems to be a different reason, whatever that is. And once again, that's exactly what happened. I have a hard time putting a lot of these losses on Justin Herbert. I do too. I Because yes. you look at his stats. He is number two in passing yards in the league. Mm-hmm. 17 touchdowns to five interceptions. And that's missing a game. He's number two missing. Yes. He didn't play week one. He's He only trails in passing yards behind Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, dude, like it is their defense because the Chargers through this season have gone into the locker room at halftime with the lead, mm-hmm. just like they did this week, just like they've done in weeks past. That defense is missing enough key pieces. Derwin James, they were out Joey Bosa this week. It was only a matter of time. And, I mean, fuck me. They keep finding new ways to lose in heartbreaking fashion. Mm-hmm. You get two plays from the goal line, 
one with time expiring and it looks like he caught it and then every scoring play is reviewed and he did not catch it yeah dude oh my i just watching because initially like when you watched it in real time right it looked like like he caught it i'm like oh my god they figured it out and then oh shit and then they slowed it down and it's just like how many different ways can you find ways to lose like the chart the chargers legitimately are the falcons of like the first four weeks of the season this this really sucks. Let me ask you one quick question, and I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on it. Okay. Looking at the top three quarterbacks that were drafted in this year's draft, mm-hmm. who would you want moving forward? Would you want Burrow, Herbert, or Tua? You're look. I'm I'm looking like ten years right. with this person oh, at quarterback. That's so I'm gonna go go ahead and rule out Tua just because I, there there's no way. Like I'm not saying he couldn't be that guy, but. I haven't seen nearly enough of them to be able to make that decision. Sure. And we've seen a lot more of Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert. And mm-hmm. both of those guys, look, if you, if you have either of those guys, I think it's a, it's a great thing. I take Herbert. I, I take Herbert. And that's Oregon. I mean, it, it could be because of that. That really could be. But at the end of the day, this guy is putting up insane numbers. He has the build, the height, the arm. Um, Joe Burrow. I, I, look, you can make an argument for either one. Uh, right now, for me, it's more of a coin flip than than anything. Joe Burrow's going to be great. Justin Herbert looks like he's going to be great. If you ask me to take one, I'm taking Justin Herbert. But I'm not. I am by no means saying that Joe Burrow might not might not be there uh, at the end. No, I mean I I agree with everything you said about Herbert. This dude's going to be a stud in the league. Yeah. Um, and he's proving that, like, his record doesn't reflect. He's one in six as a starter. Right. But every game's been close. Yes. He's been in every game. His Ultimately, his defense has lost most of those games for him. And I'm going to add on to that, too. His defense has. You are correct. I also believe – his offensive weapons have somewhat disappointed outside of the ones named Keenan Allen. And I'm looking specifically at the running backs who have been inconsistent and they've had to kind of rotate through Justin Jackson with Austin Eckler being hurt has probably been the most consistent one, but Joshua Kelly has highly disappointed since uh, Austin Eckler went down. And then the other receivers have played okay at times and not so okay at other times. They've been very inconsistent. Keenan Allen, very consistent threat. Everyone outside of Keenan Allen has not lived up to it. And I'm definitely looking at that last play that happened uh, this week where the ball was simply, I mean, that should have been a catch. That's all I can say that, that you can't put that on Justin Herbert or anyone else. That should have been a catch. Well, I don't understand what, what I don't understand in that situation is how you have two shots at the goal line. And w- at least one of those doesn't go in Keenan Allen's direction. Yes, um, I, that's fair. That's fair. But, I mean, you talk about their running back situation. Who was who was their leading rusher this week? Uh, it, wasn't, was it? it wasn't Jackson, and it wasn't Joshua Kelly. It, it wasn't was uh, Pope. Well, no, Pope. it was. Oh, it was. Uh, oh my Kenny God, Belage. Yes. Yes. A fucking washed up like the dude has the Miami Dolphins to... wash up running. Yeah. Back. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. my God. Yeah. I. I hear all those the things for Herbert. Why I would go with Burrow, okay, is because Burrow's done a lot more with a lot less. 
Burrow did not inherit. And mind you, like injuries barring, okay? None of these injuries that the Chargers defense was facing were at draft time. Burrow has a shattered O-line. Absolutely. Herbert has an organization that was trading to bolster the O-line in the offseason. Without an O-line, it didn't matter who's playing running back. They're not going to be super successful, whether it be Joe Mixon or Austin Eckler. Justin Herbert has Keenan Allen. Well, Joe Burrow thought he was going to have A.J. Green, and he's trying to make do with TJ Boyd or Tyler Boyd now. And T. Higgins, who's – I mean, mm-hmm. T. Higgins looks great. Absolutely. Um, I, I, it's, Justin Herbert has a little bit more to fall back on than Burrow does, and Burrow – in when you're when you stack the two against each other, he looks a lot more impressive with Cincinnati, who hasn't been a Super Bowl contender since the goddamn eighties. Mm-hmm. Like I, I would I would roll with Burrow over Herbert yeah. by a small by a by a small percentage. Herbert looks great, and I agree with what you said about Tua. Uh, and I, you make a very valid point too. Um, I do agree that Justin Herbert has had a slightly better supporting cast. Uh, when you look at, you know, all things consider after injuries, I, I would give Burrow the advantage as far as receiver depth, but every other, everywhere else, I think you got to give it to Herbert, especially at the very critical mm-hmm. old line position. Yeah. Herbert definitely has the advantage there. All right, let's go ahead and move on. Um, so that that's what uh, we were most right about. Let's go ahead and talk about what, what, what did we fuck up the most this week? I fucked up plenty, but a lot of that has to do with our upset pick. So I'm going with. <laughs> I heavily toted the Houston Texans defense in our fantasy segment as being that. a dominant defense, not even just a streaming option. I'm talking top five play. Like you got a rookie quarterback that hasn't taken a snap since 2019 in college. Like, this defense, they were missing their linebacker merciless. They were miss, They were missing a lot, like 66. They were missing two-thirds of their linebacking core. Oh. I started them in both of our leagues. And although the Texans won, yeah. they put up no fantasy relevancy whatsoever i think i got one point from them in the money league i got zero in 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 our in our in our work league none this this was embarrassing to watch this team get run the fuck over by jake luton whoever the fuck like dj chark had a career day and dj chark's not a slump right but, but God I mean, damn. like it was like the second or third play of the game, and he had a 73 yard mm-hmm. touchdown grab. You know, I started DJ Shark, by the way, this week. I in did my not. Fantasy league because I was struggling uh, for receiver death. I had a bunch of receivers on by, and I saw that, and I was like, all right, I, I have a shot this week. And sure enough, like the, the, the Texans, I think, uh, overall disappointed because, um, I, they were favored by seven points, and they ended up pulling this one out by two. And man, the the Jags, the Jags made it very close, and that was like you said with a six round quarterback from Oregon State. Man, I, oh yeah, they lost I by thought, two. I thought, yeah, but they were a two point conversion 
away from tying that game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like if they convert that shit, I would put my money on Jacksonville to win that game at that point, at that point, fourth quarter, going into overtime, looking right. at Head of how bad yeah. do I, I would have, I would say, yeah, give me, give me the rookie who doesn't look that great, but he's looking a lot better than anything that fucking Houston's throwing up right now. What shocked me. Right. And we've talked about this before. Rookie quarterbacks like to go to the top receiver on a team, right? We see mm-hmm. that with Joe Burrow, especially early on with AJ Green, and then he went to Tyler Boyd. We saw it with Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen. We see it with Tua and Devontae Parker, right? Yep. So the the most obvious thing that I would have seen is like, hey, he's probably going to go to GJ Chark, right? Yeah. Like that. I mean, yeah. he's not a true number one, but like he's he's the most he's number the one. No, they got. He's the number one in that right. core, yeah. Right, and. So I would be like, all right, let's make sure we take away DJ Chark. And who is left wide fucking open, like by like a 15-yard margin in the very first drive of the game for a 70-plus-yard bomb? DJ Chark. It, it was astonishing. He, this guy finished off with um, – he had like 20 fancy points. I think he had somewhere around 130 yards receiving and a touchdown. He, f- he finished with seven catches for 146 and a touchdown. Yeah. This dude went – the fuck off yeah uh i don't i don't know what houston was doing it, it was very clear with it like who they would be targeting and yeah uh, i'm just it's like houston forgot to game plan it's like bill o'brien still running that goddamn team <laughs> yeah i don't All right, yeah well, I don't what were you it. most wrong about so, all right, I'm a, I'm gonna pick one that like to be fair, we were both like really wrong. Oh, absolutely, about. not even close. Yeah, yeah we were. You, you know where I'm going with this. This was this was. I think the whole country was wrong about this. We one. Co- we could not have been more wrong about anything right. this week. But I'm I, here's where I was most 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 wrong. I'm looking at the Saints in Tampa in Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay was a four and a half point favorite, and I took Tampa Bay at the under, meaning meaning that I picked Tampa Bay to win. But I thought it would be within four and a half points. <laughs> you know, neither of those things happened. No. Not only did Tampa Bay lose, it was nowhere near a four and a half point game. They they lost 38 to three. It wasn't a four and a half. It, it, it stopped being a four and a half point game after four and a half minutes in the goddamn, in the first quarter. Like, oh my God, was this brutal to watch. So, and if you're a Bucks fan, you gotta be. This is real, like, this is real cause for panic. It really is, and it's not because you don't have a chance of winning the division. That's not it. Okay, look back, and I know you talked about this uh, plenty. Look back to last year when San Francisco, thirteen and three, right, played against Green Bay, thirteen and three in the playoffs. Right, what happened during the season when San Francisco played Green Bay? They smacked the fuck out of them. Yeah. And what happened in the playoffs? They smacked the fuck out of them, right? When, when you have teams within the same conference, let alone the same division, they know they figure out how to play each other. And right now, the Saints have figured out how to play Tom Brady. They have mm. figured him out. Um, I agree, question mark. Um, those were two completely different scenarios, though. I mean, yes, they were. But the point remains – 
teams that within the division know how to play each other to a certain extent. Right now, the Saints have figured out the Bucks way more than the Bucks have figured out the Saints because the I Bucks mean, have not done anything to stop them, and the Saints are shutting down. They're making Tom Brady look terrible. It's hard to look good as a quarterback when you're only logging five rushing attempts in a game, and one of those is a kneel down. Yes, yes. Dude, like all <clears> – <throat> All the Saints had to do all night with their pass rushers, pin their ears back. They're not running the football. Right. They're not. They're disrespecting the fuck out of this defense by not trying to establish the run. Okay. Well, that's going to, we're going to pin our ears back and we're coming for fucking Brady. Cameron Jordan lit Brady up on the first fucking play. Yeah. Lit him up. Like, and that, and that set the tone for the rest of the game. Here, here's one thing I won't say I was completely right about. I, I mean, I was right, but I, this wasn't my biggest right of the week because of the 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 target share distribution amongst the receivers. I said that Brady could find himself in a little bit of a fucking funk or a hole in this game if he tries to feed, overfeed Antonio Brown. Mm-hmm. Brady threw three interceptions. Yes, he did. His first two picks, he was trying to force the ball to Antonio Brown. Yeah. Now, mind you, Evans finished with six targets. Godwin, six. Fournette, six. Antonio Brown finished with five. Gronk also finished with six, even though he only had one catch for two yards. Mm-hmm. Brady had no shot in this game. None. No. no. And I don't, I don't necessarily know if the Saints – what the saints did was the glaring, like, Oh, we we know how to get not only to this defense to, to move the ball, but we know how to get to Brady and we know how to fucking stifle him in this offense. I think you need to take it back a week prior. The giants gave Brady's Brady fits. Sure. Sure. They did. I, but I mean, Brady still had two touchdowns and about 280 yards. Right. Passing. Because, because it's the giants. Right. This is you're not facing the Giants in the playoffs, but you're potentially facing the Saints in the playoffs. Or I mean, I and I know they dismantled the Packers through the regular season, but you could you could face the Seahawks, you could face uh fuck Arizona, still maybe even the Rams, who fucking knows? Like here's the thing though. Tom Brady right now through nine games has thrown seven interceptions. Okay, not bad. All right. Five, yeah, you know where I'm going with this. Five of them have been to New Orleans. Yeah, that's gotta be like at some point you're gonna most likely more more likely than not play the Saints in the playoffs. And if you do, look, maybe maybe you somehow get a road that leads you around New Orleans. Great, but if you get the Saints in the playoffs, if you're a Tampa Bay fan, there's no way you're feeling good about your chances. I mean, maybe New Orleans plays Minnesota in the playoffs for a third straight year and fucking gets their hearts broken. Who knows? Um, no, but at, the, at this point, the Saints six and two, and the Bucks are six and three. Who do you have more faith in? And I'm not just talking in the. I'm not just. I'm not just talking in that division. The Saints have the two zero oh. lead in in that division. I'm talking about in, like as a threat to the NFC title. To the NFC title. That's tough. That's tough. Um, I think still Seattle. 
Well, I meant between the two, the Saints and the Bucks. Oh, okay. So the Saints. Easily the easily the Saints. Mm, I'm gonna disagree with you, bud. Okay. When when typically when Brady gets his dick kicked in through the season, mm-hmm. after those ge- types of games is when he shines the brightest. And he hasn't had the type of arsenal to shine the brightest with that he's had up to this point. Um, okay. That defense, that I'm, I'm the defense, the, the, the weakness in that fucking Tampa Bay sec, uh, uh, defense is their secondary. It's not in the front seven. Right. It's the secondary. Um, I, I just, uh, I, I have a hard time. Because I've bet against him multiple times in my life. I have a hard time betting against 12, especially when he has three all-pro wide receivers, albeit one of them just played in his first game since last year. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. And I've seen Drew Brees. Like, he's shown up great in divisional games. He's looked mediocre in the rest. We'll see. Um, I mean, New Orleans are good. Obviously, they had – Drew Brees, uh, hey, he had a great game. Taysom Hill had a very nice game too. Um, and it's interesting to see what they're doing there. But but I think that's enough about this game. Um, I think, yeah, we, we I mean, we were both wrong. I was wrong on multiple accounts thinking that Tampa Bay would win and that it would be close. I, I was way wrong on that. You so, weren't wrong. You weren't – most of the nation was wrong. So let's go ahead and move on to uh, biggest takeaway for the week. Go ahead, Tyler. Take this one away. Okay. Jesus Christ, it's Jason Bourne. So, uh, we all know that the New York J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 are the worst team in the NFL. In my own opinion... I don't think that second place for that crown is really that far off in the opponent that they faced in faced faced against on Monday night. New England has looked mediocre at best through this entire year. And you can blame it on whatever you fucking want to. Oh, Brady left. Okay. Well, the receiving court, okay, whatever. They've done nothing to address it through the draft or free agency. Well, the defensive opt-outs, all right, I I don't care. Why? Someone please explain to me why it took a last-second field goal to seal away the Jets. Someone please tell me why. The Jets are the worst team in the NFL, and I am I am here to make the case. The next worst team is the fucking Patriots. They are. They have looked so mediocre through this year. You think I, you think more so than the like the Giants and the Washington yeah. football team and the Cowboys? 
oh my god, especially what the Cowboys just did. I think the Cowboys could give the Patriots a run for their money, especially after watching what. The, are you kidding me? Joe Flacco took the lead into half against this team. <laughs> they made, they did make Joe Flacco they look kind of good. <laughs> oh, dude, you're talking about two ancient fucking dudes yeah. in that backfield with Joe Flacco and Frank Gore looking like this is the Hall of Fame game. Like, we just need to limp <laughs> off the field one more time before we get our gold jackets. Right. The Patriots, like, and this, I, I wouldn't even say this is so much a shot at Bill Belichick. Bill, quit. Leave. Go. If you want to keep coaching, go take over a different team. There's yeah. plenty of fucking coaching va- vacancies. Dude, I don't want to hear the excuses of, and I understand that Bill Belichick is the head coach in the GM. Brady left. Okay, well, Cam was supposed to be the answer, and Cam has more rushing touchdowns than passing touchdowns. And he looks, and mind you, he looks horrible as a passer now. Oh, he looks, he looks so bad. His mechanics are all out of fucking whack. He's overthrowing, underthrowing left and fucking right. If that wide receiver is not five yard separation open, there's not a chance it's getting completed. Which is a, a horrible, horrible fit for New England, which has generally has receivers like in the past couple of years that have struggled mightily to get right, separation. It's they've a horrible also, fit. But they've also done nothing through the draft or through free agency to address it. Yeah. They brought in like two fourth and fifth string wide receivers from two different teams, like bird from Arizona and Myers, who I don't know where the fuck he came from, but obviously nowhere special because no one knows who he is. Yeah. Yeah. And I also don't want to hear about the opt outs on the defensive side of the ball. I don't care. I don't care. Much like how nobody's taking any sympathy for San Francisco fans that mm-hmm. they lead the league in most players on IR and 90% of those players are starters. No, I don't care. The Patriots, in my opinion, are the second worst team in the NFL. Yes, in front of the Giants and in front of the Cowboys. Yeah. That's I, right. I, like, like if, if you put this Patriots team right now in the NFC East, do you see them winning it? Winning it? No, but no. I do see them. No, I don't see them winning it, but but I see them. Look, it's hard to say they're definitively worse than the than the Eagles are clearly better than they are. They're a step above the other teams in that in that in that division, and I, I I feel like the Patriots somewhere in that ballpark. But but the Patriots are bad. There's no de- no denying this. They are they are very bad. Cam's going to be looking for another job next off season. Like yeah. he's not, he's not coming back to new England. Like I, I agree with that. I agree with that. I could see him land. Like everyone Unless thought he's something going to drastically tr- changes, which we don't foresee. We, we don't foresee at all. No, because, I agree with you. because you look at what the Patriots have done through the last couple of drafts, mm-hmm. they trade out of the first round to collect picks right now. They're going to have a fuckload of picks to try and trade into like the top five, six ish range to get their quarterback of the future. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Um, so let's go ahead and move on to my biggest takeaway. 
And I know we we had kind of talked about this earlier, but I'm actually I'm actually changing. I'm actually making a little bit of an audible here on my biggest takeaway. And I want to talk about the Miami Dolphins. For a oh, you you are what you didn't. Yeah, you, well, I'll you, save that. I will save that. I want one more week's worth of games to to really firm up what we had discussed earlier. But I want to move on to the Miami you didn't want Dolphins. Me to smack you with the goddamn truth is what you wanted. Ah, that's that. Trust me, that's not it. But I do want to talk about the Dolphins, and I believe the Dolphins are. Hmm. They're wild. Debating between saying one of the and the, and I think I'm gonna go with the. They are the most underrated team in football right now. Uh, Yeah. Sure. And I'm not talking about the Tua shit. I'm talking about all the other parts of their team because they're finding ways to win through all facets um, of the game. I mean, yes, you can definitely make the case mm-hmm. for one of the most underrated teams. Because who, okay. When who Tua took more, over, who when is Tua more took, underrated? Hold on, hold on. When Tua took over, they didn't have a losing record. They still have a winning record. Mm-hmm. They've been building this team, especially this last offseason through free agency, when they brought in every single defensive piece they possibly could. Right. And then they bring in Tua. Okay. Now you have your quarterback of the fran- your franchise quarterback of the future. Mm-hmm. I I think there's other teams. I won't say they're. Ne- I'm. I'm. I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with you. They are an underrated team. Yeah, they are. But <sighs> like you tell me, who is more underrated than the Dolphins right now? Now I'm oh, not bef- talking about like the Tua hype. Like I get it. No. Like they've gotten some coverage because of Tua, but. Forget all that. I, no one in their right mind saw them being what was it five and three at this point in the season? Yes, they're five and three. Yeah, and I think I think before <sighs> no, you okay? You know what? You're right. You're right. We still I'm picked not... them to lose. Like they were four three last week playing against the Cardinals, and we both we both were like, yeah, Cardinals are going to win, and they're going to cover their line. Dolphins are a good team. Good, not, not, they don't have a good quarterback. They have a good team. Well, the jury's out if they have a good quarterback. Absolutely. Absolutely. But with or without them, they are a good team. Yeah. I mean, he's 2 and 0, and it's not because of his play, it's because of the team's play. I wanted to try and make an argument with teams who should be better than their records are or teams that we expected to be worse off and they're slightly better, but no, you're right. There's no, there's, there's no clear cut argument other than Miami. Um, Fuck man. You could have made the case if Miami lost this week for like, and Arizona, I guess, even even though they just got D Hop, their defense is still fucking garbage. Like, uh, you are right, buddy. Look at me. I can eat some crow. I can 
much like how <laughs> I put a six peg down saying that Baltimore wasn't going to finish the top five defense. Hey, bro, I was wrong. They finished number two. Good job. I'm going to get you your six pack. The shot, the, 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 the store, the 24 hour store by your house. Mm-hmm. I mean, and now that I know what it looks like, I can say I went up there. They're sold out of the six packs. Ah. So I'm going to keep looking. I will get you your winnings. I'm a man of my word. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, it is. The, yeah, yeah. All right. Fuck. All right. Well, that's, yeah. Are you ready to move on? I guess. I don't fucking know, dude. All right. All right. Let's go ahead and go on. Uh, we're going to move on to the next segment here after this break. And I'll tell you what, Tyler, I'll let, I'll let you take the lead here on the next segment. All right. Oh, everyone, thank everyone. you, sire. You are a kind <laughs> Lord. Thank you. Go everyone, fuck yourself. Yeah. I will. Everyone, stay tuned. Right now? Let's just get into the goddamn games so we can get to the fucking report card so I can figure out how bad I was. And then regroup so I can kick your ass next week. Mm, Okay. So, we did not talk about the Packers and the 49ers. um, We don't need to. Yes, we did. Well, for starters, yes, we did. And I wrapped it up in about a three-minute segment, and that was all it needed to be. Mm. That is all it needed to be. Mm. Aaron Rodgers beat up a team of fucking second stringers. Devontae Adams went the fuck off again. Awesome. Right. What I meant to say is we didn't actually talk about like uh, how that impacted our report card. So, yeah. So we had Green Bay with the line of uh, seven point favorites. We both picked them to cover. We both got A's, four points for the GPA. For all our new listeners, if you're not familiar with how the report card system works, we take all of our predictions that we'd made last week, and if we got the prediction correct as far as the the game results and who covered the line, then we get four points, solid A for the GPA. All right. If we got one of those two, right, we either guess the game or we guess the line but not the other, then we get two points GPA. That's a C. And if we missed everything, we missed the line, we missed the the winner, then that is zero points, and that is an F on the report card. So that's how it works. So to start off, we both got A's, four-point GPAs going into the weekend. It was the easiest game of the week to pick. I mean, come on. It really was. It really was. Uh, Broncos and Falcons is the next one. Now, you had – Atlanta at under. I had Atlanta covering. They were four point favorites and they ended up taking this one uh, 34 to 27. This game was garbage time city for Denver and mm-hmm. they almost made me right. It is amazing how bad. I mean, I like, I know it's not surprising anymore. It's, it doesn't mm. shock anyone, but it's still. I can't help but be like amazed at the fact that Atlanta could not put anyone away. They can't. I don't know what it is about fourth quarters to them, but they could not put anyone away. And uh, they don't have the defense to sustain it. And to be fair, they, they also don't have the faith in the run game when you get into the second half and you have a big lead to be able to run the ball. Cause they're not creative. They're one of the least creative teams with a running scheme in the NFL. You mm-hmm. can't just send it's, it's, it's the exact same thing that, that Cleveland did 
with Kareem Hunt when Nick Chubb went down. You can't just go, oh, first and 10, all right, let's send Todd Gurley up the fucking gut. Of course, everyone's expecting you to come up the gut. Mm-hmm. And you do it time and time and time again. There is no creativity in that offensive schematic schematics when you're talking about the run game. And that's yeah. got to be fucking frustrating for someone like Todd Gurley, who's getting a lot of volume. He is. And he, for someone who has that much volume in the run game, should not be a touchdown boomer bust type of candidate. Correct. Correct. Now, the good news is, if you're a Todd Gurley fantasy owner, he is, I agree with you, he is more or less a touchdown boomer bust, but he's one of the best touchdown boomer busts you have because he has, through uh, week nine of the season, he has 38 touches inside the red zone. Um, so, obviously, they are giving him the ball when they get there, but you're right. They, they He has, I think, like a 2.8-yard average was in the last game, something like that. I mean, he, he's averaging less than four yards a carry. Uh, for the season. And a lot of it is like you said, he, he's getting essentially the ball and having the whole, uh, the whole defensive box uh, centered in on him. He's not going anywhere. Right. Um, Broncos. I mean, Drew Locke is just not that good. I think we've, uh, we've established that. I mean, we established- Even when he has okay games, he's still not that good. Right. And we established in, our game predictions that his QBR is none to be left to, to desire. And he was the fifth highest in uh, like non-completed. Like he's, he, he throws the ball way outside to his receivers the fifth most time. I cannot think off the top of my head what exactly that stat was, but he is the fifth most inaccurate in, in amongst qualified quarterbacks. Um, I guess really the only, like, there's only one, one offensive piece from Denver that you can really get excited about. That's Jerry Judy. Mm-hmm. Uh, over the last two weeks, he's looked really good. He's he looking has. like the one overall pick and he's getting that type of volume. You can't yeah. say there's nothing you can say about the goddamn run game for, for Denver. Right. Cause Drew Locke was their leading rusher. Um, but Jerry Judy turning in seven receptions for 125 yards and a touchdown, which, I mean, if someone, I don't know, took him and had him in his starting lineup uh, to, uh-huh. uh, as, as a bye week filler and then two hours before kickoff dropped him and picked up John Brown, uh, to, you, you know, you might be salty, but at the end of the day, it wouldn't have made a difference. So, yeah. A little remorse there, Tyler. It wouldn't have, like I said, it wouldn't have made a difference. Yeah, I w- I still would have lost by double digits. Mm. Uh, rough week, huh? That is what it is, man. You yeah, live and you learn. So let's go ahead and move on to the next game. Uh, we're going to talk about the Bears and the Titans. And man, this game was ah, this was a rough game. This was not this fun was to watch. So boring. Yeah, this what is the Bears so do. They, they ugly up games, and that it's how they've won five games so far this season. But the, first of all, they're they're no longer winning games, right? I think they've gotten their like streak of wins out of the way. They're not surprising anyone with, with what they're doing. Uh, when they play against a decent team, they're going to lose. I think is what, what you can say about the Bears. So when they play against a bad team, they're going to make it ugly enough that they have a chance to win. And You're, yeah, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, go yeah, ahead, so yeah, but the Titans were able. They're they're a good team, and they were able to pull it out. Now the line for this one was six and a half in favor of Tennessee. 
Uh, we both took them at over, and Titans did just barely cover this one by seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we both got the A, and um, that's four points for the GPA. So you see, you were right when you said Chicago plays ugly. They play yes. ugly in games. Tennessee does not typically play ugly. Tennessee has a rhythm to their offense. Their offense runs through the run game. Run game opens up play action pass. Their run game and their fucking pass game was pretty porous through this game. Correct. There you're, was talking a- about, you're, you're talking about Derrick Henry. Yeah. One yeah. of the top backs in the league. 21 carries, 68 yards. That's it. Yeah. No touchdowns. Fucking – and the, but then you see the adverse effects it has to the pass game. Ryan Tannehill goes 10 of 21 for only 158. He did have two touchdowns right there. You go ahead. Yeah. So here's what I wanted to add about uh, Ryan Tannehill. There was one point in the game where he had 110 yards passing. He was five for 15, which is an unheard of stat line for Tannehill since he's joined the Titans, right? And I'm talking about like Miami Dolphins version of Tannehill. I'm talking about since he joined the Titans, he's been one of the most efficient quarterbacks. He was five of 15 for 110 yards. And here's the craziest part. 95 of those yards were to AJ Brown. Yeah. AJ Brown had himself a game. Like, I mean, like he played very well. Tannehill finishes with 158 and AJ Brown finishes with 101 of them. And one of the passing touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Um, AJ Brown was like the 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 shining star, I guess, in the yeah. Tennessee offense. Like, like there's no doubt Chicago's got a top tier defense. There's mm-hmm. no doubt about it. There's no arguing it. But the fact that they were able to shut down both of their the the Tennessee Titans offensive keys to success, which really like they're only two. There's no run game. There's not going to be any type of fucking success in the pass game for Tannehill. It doesn't matter who's lining up at quarterback for Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were able to take it away and keep it close. Like, I didn't think it was just going to be a, a seven-point win for Tennessee. Now, here's a question. So, flip it to the other side. Uh-huh. Do you think it's time for Chicago to go back to Trubisky? I think that I was thinking actually I was thinking about that over the over the weekend um, after the game. And I mean Nick Foles has not played any better than Mitchell Trubisky. At, at some point, and the problem for them too is they already have five wins. So even if they miss out every other game of the season, they're gonna have it like a good enough record that they're not gonna really be competing for one of those top draft picks. Right. So uh, I would say if I'm if I'm the Bears, yeah, I, at this point I switch back to Trubisky because at least he's young and you might still see some level of growth potential, you know, w- whatever. G- give him one last flyer. He's already lost his starting job, so he knows his job's on the line if he, if he gets another chance. I would. I would play Trubisky. And, you know, worst case scenario, he, he plays terrible and – I mean, you're in the same situation you would be with Nick Foles, at least, and you know for a fact you can't rely on either quarterback, and you know for a fact you have to go a different direction in the offseason. So I, I would. I would. So when you talk about the Bears, right, mm-hmm. they're five and four through nine weeks. Correct. Trubisky's record is three and oh. Yes. Yes. 
Nick Foles is two and four. Now, I'm not sitting here making the claim that Mitchell Trubisky is a starting quarterback in this league because he is not. Correct. And I agree with that. Neither is Nick Foles. Mm-hmm. He's not, especially for the money he's making. Chicago took on all of his contract from Jacksonville, which made no fucking sense. He is not, Nick Foles is not the, for, for GMs, head coaches need to fucking forget that Super Bowl run he had. They need to forget the fuck out of it. Yeah, he's uh, he, he's going to give you one really good game a season, right? And his really good game already happened when he came back and they, he led them to a, yep. that comeback behind win Atlanta. That was his, that was, he has one magical game per season and he's already had his for the season. Yep, Nick Foles, dude, Nick Foles isn't the answer, but Mitchell Drabisky has at least has a winning record as a quarterback this season. What the fuck does Chicago have to lose? Like you said, they're not in play for a top draft pick to get a quarterback. Mm-hmm. They're uh, unless they trade up uh, out, outside of that, like they're probably going to be in the market for a veteran fucking quarterback, which there will be a couple at least on the free agent market next year. I it, I Nick Foles is probably going to be cut after this season, and then Trubisky will remain the backup for whoever they bring in because Nick yeah. Foles makes way too much fucking money. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I, I do think, too, well, one thing that I was thinking about as I was watching this game is because you, you saw the, the game Ryan Tannehill had, um, 150-some-odd yards for on 21 passes. Part of that is the Bears' defense. Bears' defense is very good. I'm not going to argue that. Part of that is the defense. Part of that – is the Bears' offense is so bad? Other teams like the the Tennessee Titans, they were running by I think like seventeen zero at one point in this game, right? Yes. Um, and then you saw them kind of just shift to like, all right, let's just maintain the lead mode. Part of the reason why they're so effective at stopping quarterbacks is because quarterbacks don't feel like they have to throw in the second half. And then the Bears were in this one. At least they were able to make it like closer than I guess the game really was. But yeah, you you saw the Bears resort to the uh, you saw the Titans, excuse me, go away from from. He only had twenty one pass attempts the whole game. That, that's not that's see, what, but I five I, throws I, per quarter. Your argument completely invalidates what Tennessee is as an offense. Like, it it would make sense if Derrick Henry had a big game, and then it was like, okay, let's start to shut it down. No. Chicago on the defensive side of the ball shut Derrick Henry down the whole day. Right. No, absolutely. absolutely. From start well, to finish. And that is yes. what affected Ryan Tannehill. They got they got two t- scoring touchdowns from the offense off of like big two big plays. Mm-hmm. And one so you had the the AJ Brown score mm-hmm. in the second quarter for 40 yards. That put him up 10-0. And then the Desmond King fumble recovery which put them up 17-0. Johnny Smith had a two-year, a two-yard touchdown catch in the fourth. Outside of that, that offense was stagnant, stagnant. This is the biggest example of stop Derrick Henry. You can beat the Titans. Yes, that that I if agree you, with. That if I you have with. a capable quarterback, not Nick Foles. That I agree with. Um, let's go ahead. I mean, there's not really much else to say about this one, right? No, we both got A's. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to. Kansas City and the Carolina Panthers. And this one was quite the surprise. I don't think, I mean, I'm not surprised that Carolina kept it somewhat close. I am surprised that it was this close and Carolina had a legitimate shot at winning this one. 
They fell short, though, 33-31. to 31. Kansas City, 10.5-point favorites. We both took them at the over. We both got Cs, two points towards our GPAs. Um, yeah, I, I'm... <sighs> I'm more I'm not I'm not surprised that it was close. I'm surprised that it came down to the goddamn wire though. Yeah. Like it, when I say I wouldn't be surprised if they kept it close, I mean like within a touchdown. Not oh they're scoring and if they return if they get this onside kick, fuck, they the Chiefs might actually lose. Um I'm I'm <clears throat> I'm of a different belief. Like the chiefs are legitimately, excuse me. The chiefs are legitimately the only team in the NFL that through their offense solely depend on their quarterback to win games. They're the only ones green Bay. They have Aaron Rodgers. They have Aaron Jones, Tampa Bay. They have the combo of, uh, Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette. You take the running game away from them, and they are not that great, as we saw on Monday night. It has trended the last couple of years more towards a passing type of offense in the NFL. Like, it's a pass-happy league. But you, what sets – and I've said it before. I just said it in the last game we covered. What sets up your pass game? It's a run game. And Andy Reid's just undeniable sheer lack of fucking will to try and run the goddamn ball is becoming apparent. There is no fucking reason Carolina should have held it, hung into this game. There's none. Especially when you're only at the guy, the guy you fucking drafted. I'm not even talking about fantasy. From this perspective, this is mind-numbing talking about you had was that 12 combined carries for 30 yards through that game. Mm-hmm. A game in which they did not trail in for at least a good portion. I I, I actually fuck that. I'm get I'm getting I'm getting the for sure stats. They, I th- oh, they, a- they trailed at half. They trailed yeah, at Carolina half. Carolina was ahead for the most of the first half. They trailed at half, but they were put. They got up. They got up two scores in the third quarter. That is a time when you need to sit back and go, okay, let's run the ball. Let's kill the clock. Let's not depend on Mahomes to be our savior week in and week out. You had twelve combined carries for thirty yards. Five of them. Went to the guy you drafted in the first round to be your next legit running back. The next four of them went to that washed up fucking dude who hasn't been shit since fucking 2016 in Pittsburgh Steelers in Le'Veon Bell. Tyreek Hill had the longest run of the day, rushing wise considered, at eight yards on one carry. And then Patrick Mahomes had two carries. I don't understand why. I mean, fuck. I mean, sure, they're still winning games, but they're starting. Th- those gaps in those sizable leads are starting to shrink. 
when it comes yeah. to they're yeah. not they are not they're they're good defensively but they're not dominant correct the, you just saw uh the Tampa Bay Buccaneers rush for the fewest rushing attempts in an NFL game in the history of the NFL at five, and one of those was a kneel down. Look at what happened to fucking Brady. Look what happened to that offense when we are like, we're not even going to try to rush the ball. That lets the pass rushers put pin their fucking ears back and come the fuck after you. Yeah. Uh, the thing that, that to establish a running game. The, the, and the thing that's interesting about that is we have seen the Chiefs at least a couple of times this season establish the run game. The first game one, when they played against the Texans, they ran the ball. When they played against the Bills, they ran the ball multiple mm-hmm. times. And what happened in both those games? They got pretty convincing wins. Yes. Um, I'm, I'm not – yeah, I, I am with you on this one. It baffles me as much as it baffles you why they don't choose to run the ball more often. I get what you're saying. Mahomes is an elite talent, arguably the best back in the quarterback in the league. I I put him, I personally put him behind Russell Wilson, but I mean, I, if you want to make the argument that he's the best, whatever he's (laughs) top three for sure. Unquestioned. Right. Um, And, and sure he can, you can rely on him to win games, but, but why, why not? control time of possession why not control the game we saw you know it was a uh, i think it was a couple weeks ago when the the steelers played against the titans the the effect that dominating time of possession has right when you have the ball for eight or nine minutes on a drive and then the other team gets the ball all of a sudden they're feeling this pressure of oh shit if we don't get at least a first down on this one, we're going to put our defense right back on the field and they're going to be tired as fuck from having to defend that long ass drive. Right. If you can dominate time of possession, it does have an impact. Uh, can you be effective through the pass game? Sure. Absolutely. But there has to be some kind of a balance. And I agree with you. It seems like the Kansas city chiefs, even though they have the personnel and the talent to achieve that balance, they choose not to. Uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. This will, uh, play a factor as the season goes on. Um, but if there's something that's going to keep them away from getting another Super Bowl this year, it's going to be themselves and uh, what they choose to do with the play calling, I think. So, so you, you look at Kansas City going into this game. They're like the undeniable favorites. Like it wasn't going to be close because even though uh, Carolina has pieces that we think are good pieces for that organization, you've got – Teddy Bridgewater, who I, he, he's your quarterback moving, moving forward. You need to build around him and McCaffrey with that offense. Robbie Anderson's a clear cut number one. DJ Moore is a good Curtis Samuel. Like they have good pieces on the offensive side of the ball. Defense isn't horrible I, either. It's not horrible, but it's not. Great. It's one of the best pass. It's it's a top five pass defense in the league. It's a bottom five run defense in the league. I, I mean, mean, there's your issue. It, but here, it can he, stop the pass. It can't stop the run. Okay, so you're helping my argument. This was a game that Kansas City was favored in by over 10 points. Uh-huh. And we're talking about why do they not try to control the clock and control the game flow with your rushing again, with your rushing game. Carolina held the ball 
for 38 minutes and one second of this game to 21 minutes and 59 seconds for the Chiefs. What was Carolina doing? Running the ball. They were running the ball, and they and if they weren't running the ball or trying to pass it downfield, they were doing screen passes to their fucking to their running backs. Control yeah, the clock, yeah. pick up first downs. Like that is how. I mean, goddamn, they almost won. They almost won. This is not a Carolina team that anyone expected to be great or elite or even make the fucking playoffs. And they lost by two points to the super defending Super Bowl champions and the presumptive uh, Super Bowl favorites this season. Correct. Correct. Um, I think we've covered that one as much as we can cover it. Let's go ahead and go on to the Lions and the Vikings, which was uh, just not, again, not really a fun game to watch. Uh, we, we talked about it last week. The Vikings have played very well against the Lions, especially in their recent history. I think they had won like five or six games in a row going into this one. And we expected them to win. Minnesota was favored by four. We both took them at, at the over. Minnesota did, in fact, win 34 to 20. This gives us both A's, four points on the GPA. Uh, you, you saw the Lions really struggling. They're, they're missing their number one wide receiver. And then their quarterback went down. Uh, I think it was around third quarter. Uh, he had a concussion protocol, so he went down. And even though Matt Stafford wasn't having a great game, well, Matt Stafford isn't playing. The Lions have zero chance of winning, winning a game coming back. Uh, and, and their defense was already putting them in a difficult position because Dalvin Cook was running all sorts of all over them. It was, I mean, Dalvin Cook is putting up numbers right now that whoever has them in your fantasy league it probably is currently in the lead in your fantasy league. That's probably what he, that's the impact he has had on, on, on the season so far. Yeah, no, this was, there wasn't much I was right about through this week, but predicting Minnesota to win this game, I said it was going to be a Dalvin Cook heavy day. Yeah. That's why I had Dalvin Cook as my number one running back in fantasy this week. And, I mean, he put up over 200 yards on the ground against Green Bay last week. Wasn't even kind of predicting that type of productivity again. Another game of over 200 yards, two scores, this we're we're talking about coming into this year when we're talking about who are the top tier running backs who's in the top three you had Zeke in that fucking conversation right. Derek Henry's obviously like even after like, everyone's gonna have a bad game yes you know yeah it's it, but like oh Christian McCaffrey but he was fucking hurt and now Christian McCaffrey's hurt again. Now he has a shoulder injury. Who the fuck knows what's going to happen with that? Dalvin Cook is making the case that he is the best fucking running back in the NFL right now. Yeah, absolutely. Because, like, you can talk about running over, you know, not great defenses again against the run, but posting back-to-back 200-yard games. Oh, it's insane. Multiple scores. He accounted for all the offensive points for his team last week. Yeah. And then and- came out and did it again. And so, and like, I'm going to, I'm going to correct you on just a little bit here. 
He did not have 200 yards rushing against Green Bay. He had but collect- from total, collectively, right? Total, okay. Yeah. So, uh, he, and this week, he went for over 250 total mm-hmm. collectively. Yeah. He has had from scrimmage almost 200, excuse me, 460 yards and six touchdowns in two games. Yeah. That is what most running backs are at about midpoint through the season. That's yep. roughly eight games worth of stats for your average RB1 on most teams. And I mean, you talking about Detroit, this was just, this was a rough game through the first half with Stafford. And then the second Stafford went out and Chase Daniels came in. It's just like, there, you have no shot. Mm-hmm. You have no shot at any type of comeback now. No. None. And I mean, and you're right. Stafford didn't look great at all. 23 for 32, 211 yards, one touchdown and two interceptions. Like he didn't look good. So even with Stafford, your, your chances were slim to none in coming back in this game, especially with what Dalvin cook was doing with the goddamn football. Yeah, no, (sighs) man, Dalvin cook. It's unreal. What this guy has been doing. Um, It is unreal. He's only finished outside the top 10 in running backs twice in fantasy so far this year that is incredible consistency one of those times he finished 11 one of those times he finished 16 his other finishes number six number five number two number one number one uh, yeah. the dude's a monster he right. is he is he is crushing the league right now um and the lions are not a great team they, look the lions aren't a terrible team but they need all their pieces there to even have a chance of competing. Lions have been what the Lions have been yeah. for like the last five years. We yeah. can't call them a bad team. Right. But they're not a great team. They're a middle of the pack, finished five and 11, six and 10 every year, maybe. Right. And staff lose dude, a handful of close games. Stafford yeah. needs to get out of Detroit. Yeah. Stafford I, needs I to leave. He doesn't need to pull a Megatron and retire early. No, get out of Detroit and try and find your way onto a team that has a chance because Detroit isn't it. Yeah. I agree with you on that. So let's go ahead and move on to the, the last game of this segment. And that this is the uh, snooze fest of a game. I don't want to talk about this game. You already know. Can we move to it? Just, yeah. Okay. Whatever. They won. Awesome. Woo-hoo. Uh, we both got right. F, so let's move on. All right. Our listeners have no idea what we're talking about. We're just, the Giants and the Washington football team, Washington two-and-a-half-point favorites. New York took this one 23-20. Hey, say what you want about these two teams. Whenever they play each other, it's always going to be a close game. So uh, we both got the Fs in this one. It, it, it was an ugly game. It, it, was, it was not pretty. Giants probably should have put this one away early, like, they were ahead early, but they really kind of failed to put it away, which considering the fact that Washington football team was down to what, like their third string quarterback and Alex Smith. Um, no, he's the second string. I got, yeah, I guess. If uh, he was the third string, then Dwayne Haskins, Dwayne Haskins, I guess is not a third string there. Uh, even then, I mean, Alex Smith hasn't played meaningful snaps aside from one game this year. And I don't know how long, but, it was a, first of all, it was an ugly injury they had to their starting quarterback. That was an ugly injury. So I definitely hope he's okay. Oh yeah. Hopefully Kyle Allen prayers yeah. out to you, bud. I hope you're okay. Yeah. You're not a starting quarterback in the NFL. Um, I understand 
Alex Smith has had a long journey back from mm-hmm. his gruesome leg injury. Yes. Um, I think it happened like exactly right around two years ago from this month. Yeah, it was it was damn near two years ago yeah. to the date. Yeah. Um, but I have such a hard time feeling for bad bad for him in this game. I really do. Like, yeah, you've you've had limited snaps snaps in in so far this season, bro. You're a veteran. You're a veteran. You've had playing time this year too. Mm-hmm. He threw for 325 yards. <clears throat> He had a touchdown, but Washington got two opportunities in the fourth corner quarter that they should not have gotten in a, in a three, in a three point game. They should not have gotten the ball back twice. And you know what Alex Smith did with it? Both times interceptions, both intercept, not even interceptions, ugly. Like who the fuck were you throwing that ball to? Both of them were over the middle. Like who are you throwing that goddamn ball to? Yeah, it's uh, it was ugly. This was uh, this was not a fun game to watch. It I wasn't. mean, I guess I mean if you're a Giants fan, this is probably like the you know one of your highlights of the season. So maybe you beat Washington fan. twice. Congratulations, that's well it. Done. Well done by by a total margin of a combined four points. Your franchise quarterback is now four and zero against the Washington football key, football team and one in sixteen against everyone else in the nfl yes you should not be hanging your heads up high i i I highly doubt giant fans are but but neither are we from that prediction we both got zero points Um, we both knew we both knew this was a fucking coin flip yeah just like last time they played earlier in the season it was a coin flip because i think the line back then again was one point yeah yeah, and it, I, it, I know I made my prediction more or less like when I really thought about it, Mike, the, the thing that made me predict who I did was, well, the Giants won the last one. So I'll take the, the football team in this one. You know what I mean? Like, that's what it came down to. I see. I took Washington both times. I mean, like, yes, I took them both times. But the second time when I was looking at it and I was trying to decide between Washington oh, and the Giants oh, for the second I, game, I, I didn't I'm understand like, what you're saying. The Giants won the first one. So I'll, I'll take the Washington for this one. Both yeah, times I, I, I thought it was a coin flip. So. I base this one off of like who has the better pass rush, Washington. Mm-hmm. Who, health determined, has the better running game options, Washington. Who's got the better number one in the receiving game, Washington. At fuck Kyle Allen, Danny Dimes, coin flip, and Washington fucking could not stop turning the goddamn ball over. Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah, no, they really couldn't. Two, oh. They really couldn't. They had they, they, they turned the, the the football team turned I'm yes, the football team turned the ball over five times. Five times. And they were still within 3 points. That is that is incredible. I that hate is- the NFC East. Nobody should be hosting. Nobody not even hosting. Nobody should be playing in the playoffs from this goddamn division yeah yeah and the the thing that kills me too is i'm gonna go ahead and say the eagles most likely by the end of the year will be around 500 or maybe even slightly above but it's only because they have six games against the giants the the football team and the cowboys six total games against those three horrible teams and i mean if you can't get to 500 if if, the if Eagles that's your competition, I don't know what to tell you. If the Eagles don't win that fucking division, 
I'm not even calling for Carson Wentz's job. I don't, it's not that I feel like he should be traded. He should just go ahead and just end it. Like, bro, if you can't, just stop. Go, go work in accounting. Like, go do some white collar fucking. Oh, you know, I'm a ginger. Can I do your taxes? Fucking get out of here. You shouldn't be playing quarterback if you can't win that goddamn division, even somewhat convincingly. You know, the thing about the Eagles that, and I know we're, we're a little off topic here, but I want to say this real quick about the Eagles. And that's when they won the Super Bowl, they were innovative on offense, right? Like they, they were a little bit ahead of the curve. They had some new wrinkles that other teams had a hard time keeping up. But Doug Peterson was looking like this genius coach. Well, the problem is no matter how ahead of the curve you are, this is a copycat league. Teams are going to figure you out and then they're going to copy each other and, and, and stop you. They're going to use a game plan that works against you. And the, the ones that are truly successful, like that build like dynasties, they're able to adapt, right? They're able to, all right, they figured us out. Let's add some new wrinkles. Doug Peterson has not been able to do that. And no one is caught off guard at all by anything that the Eagles do these days. No. So that wraps up this segment. Um, Next up, we're going to be talking about the second slate of games that we have coming up. And uh, so stick around. More football talk coming up. Welcome back, everybody. We have a lot to unpack in this final segment. We're going to go over the second half slate of games. We talked about most of them there uh, in our very first segment. So this will be a very quick recap. So letting you guys know what we got on the report card. Then we're going to give you guys our final report card score, followed by uh, our preview for the Thursday night matchup between the Colts and the Titans. So let's go ahead and get started. Um, Tyler, anything you want to add before we do? No. <laughs> All right. Texans and Jags. We talked about this one. We talked about how disappointed we were that the Texans uh, could not put put away Jackson that had a rookie quarterback starting. You had Houston by seven. Uh, sorry, sorry, the Lion had Houston by seven. We both had them covering. That did not happen. We both got C's, even though the Texans did get the win. Embarrassing showing by that Texans defense against a rookie quarterback. That was awful. Yes. Raiders and Cowboys. The line was even. The Raiders played the Chargers. You're right. <laughs> Raiders and Chargers. Line was even. We both picked the Raiders. Yes, we did. And the Raiders did win, even if it was by the luck of a uh, dropped catch. Yes, uh, Derek Carr, not a good game. No, in 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 a, in, a, in a game that he should have taken advantage of. Thirteen for twenty three, one sixty five, two touchdowns. Their ultimate, their leading rusher was not who I thought it was going to be. Uh, it was Devontae Booker, who was the third stringer in Denver. Right. Uh, he finished eight for 68 and a touchdown. Josh Jacobs coming in at 14 carries for 65 and a touchdown. He did salvage you a fantasy day with that touchdown, but late Devontae Booker was taking and commanding that backfield right through that second half. Right. And when we talked about this game before, we looked a lot at the Chargers. I want to say about the Raiders. Um, I, it is disappointing to see Derek Carr return to that that old habit of his which is I'm going to look for the dink and dunk. I'm not going to look at anything more than five yards down the field. And he certainly, certainly was looking that way 
this uh, this past weekend. It was it was not the. I mean, Henry Ruggs got zero zero looks, and um, he got three he, looks. He, I mean, he got three looks. He had zero catches. Right. And uh, at the end of the day, he's your big play receiver that you have on that team. And Derek Carr clearly likes prefers going to his comfort zone receivers. Sure. And I mean, but when you're talking about like your your comfort guy, it's not Henry Ruggs. Right. It's Darren Waller. And, and, Darren and Hunter Waller, Renfro to an extent. Sure. But Darren Waller commanding most of that, those looks in the past game, he had 10 targets, which was it's seven more than anybody else in that receiving court. Renfro, Aguilar, and Ruggs all finished with three targets. Mm-hmm. The only problem was, is that, like you said, Dink and Dunk, Waller wasn't getting down. He, he wasn't looking for him down the field. It was Dink and Duck. He finished with five catches for 22 yards. The only thing that salvaged him, just like Josh Jacobs, was that one of those dink and dunks went for a touchdown. Right. That is it. Right. Uh, Ten targets on on twenty two yards. That's just that's just abysmal. Two point two yards per attempt is is awful. Um, but we both got the A's in this one. Four points for the GPA. So let's go ahead and move on to the Steelers and the Cowboys, which I know you talked about at length. You had the Steelers taking the under just the way you saw it was going to happen. No, man, <laughs> no. This was. But you did get the A. You did get the A. I'm uh, not proud. I'm not proud. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, Pittsburgh. I had them covering. They did not, and uh, so that is a C for me. Arizona. And... Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. A, a credit. A credit to a little bit of a, a a beacon of light for you can forget about Ezekiel Elliott for the rest of this year. You can. Dak's not coming back. Mm-hmm. That O line is not coming back to what it was. A beacon of hope, though, fantasy wise for Dallas pass catchers. With Andy Dalton, it was a nightmare. With uh, Ben DiNucci, the only one who was getting any love was Michael Gallup. C.D. Lamb, Dalton Schultz, Michael Gallup, all finished with seven targets. Amari Cooper finishes with six. C.D. Lamb was the one who I guess was more productive. Four catches, 71 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, The only... Passing touchdown for the uh, for, for the Dallas Cowboys, but it shows that there is a little bit uh, there's a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel for the pass catching catch, catching options for the Dallas Cowboys. If you're looking from a fantasy perspective, I would I'm a little bit higher on Ceedee Lamb now as opposed to Amari Cooper because. I mean, Gilbert, I mean, what the fuck does he have to lose? Look for those big plays, and those big plays are going to come from CD in the slot. Yeah, and I think that obviously they they did that against a very good Steelers defense. Now, we already talked about the fact that the Steelers came out and pretty much th- like laid an egg, but uh, it does give you hope that if not, – not as a Cowboys fan because Cowboy fans, I'm sorry, your, your season's over. 
But if you're a, a Cowboy fantasy player your owner. season over was when your season was over right. when Dak was playing quarterback. Sure. But if you're a fantasy owner of any of these players, you have some hope. Um, and if you're a Zeke owner, then maybe if that pass game can be somewhat find some kind of consistency, that'll open up the run game a little bit. Who knows? Nope. Um, nope. Let's go ahead and move on. No. Really, really quick about Zeke. Mm-hmm. Zeke is not that fucking back anymore. He's not. Zeke was a product of the O-line that Dallas has built when he got drafted. Zeke now is has fallen, and it's really unfortunate to say for how dominant he was for the first three years of his career. Zeke is now, fantasy-wise, a boom or bust, and that is it. So That's it. I don't agree with that, but we will save that conversation uh, for next week when we talk about fantasy picks. Okay. Let's uh, go ahead and move on to the Dolphins and the Cardinals. Again, another game. We, we talked about most of these games here. Cardinals were favored by four and a half points. Miami pulled it out by three, 34-31. Anything that you want to say that we haven't already said? Um, No. I mean... Kyler Murray looked good in this game, mm-hmm. it, it, but I mean, it goes back to the fact that, you know, Arizona's defense is horrendous. Yeah. Kind of a fucking letdown for Chase Edmonds though. Mm-hmm. Cause he got heavy volume and turned it into two and a half, 2.8 yards, a carry 25 carries. I don't think Chase Edmonds has ever seen that type of workload in his right. career. Right. Now, maybe that's, you know, maybe that's him going, okay, I have to get used to this type of workload with Kenny and Drake out. Maybe he improves as weeks go on, but that was not a great fucking showing from not only you and I, we were both super high on Chase Edmonds and we were waiting for him to get his chance to have the bulk load of those carries. Yeah. But he, he, I mean, he didn't. He did not look great. And uh, another person who who didn't look super great was the guy that you and I flip flopped at one. Oh, we're good. Okay, sorry. Uh, yeah, we lost. So you said the guy that you and I flip flopped. The the guy that you and I flip flopped at one and two in our wide receiver ranks, D Hop. Three for 30. That was it. He had a very quiet day. Christian Kirk was the one who ate, ate it the fuck up. Five catches, 123 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, yeah. I, the Cardinals can burn you multiple different ways on offense. They're just not going to be able to stop you on defense. Yeah. I I, I agree with that. Um, yeah, no, I, I mean, what did you think about Tua? Um. He, I mean, he did better than I anticipated him on doing. I mean, he, God damn it, they got the win. He, he I mean, he was able to spread the ball around. He didn't yeah. turn the ball over. Yeah. I mean, even like you look at Kyler Murray, he went, he had like 11 rushes for 108 yards, something like that with a touchdown. I mean, seven for 35 for a dude really getting his first start. Not huge. No, it's not bad. Not bad. 
He throws 248 yards and two touchdowns. QBR of 87.8 with the, 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 the real rating, the, the new QBR rating. He, he, he finished at 122.3. He, I mean, he, and he was able to spread it around too. So it's not like, yeah, I mean, he died. He like, he favored Devontae Parker. Sure. Preston Williams was the one who got the touchdown. Mike Isecki, who you and I talked about in that fantasy, the, the last fantasy podcast, like, what do you do with Gasecki? Mm-hmm. Do you, do you cut him out? Right. Or do you wait and see? I still believe, even though he only turned in three catches for 42 yards on four four targets it's still it's still got to be a wait and see on I, I, and especially with preston williams getting hurt yeah yeah you, you definitely got to hold on to kaseki at least one more week see what he does uh, i agree with that um yeah no i, I thought i thought Tua did fine um you know it's again he, the, the thing working against Tua right now is it's just such a small sample size so as far as his body of work goes um but hey the dolphins somehow are finding ways to win consistently week after week. I think this is their third straight win. Hey man, if, if, if there's any way for, for Miami or Intua to pick up his third straight win and his third start, it's against the chargers at home next week. <laughs> Cause the chargers are going to find a way to lose it somehow. <laughs> they very well could. All right, let's go ahead and move on to the Saints and the Bucks. Uh, when we talked about this game earlier, we, we both said this is a game no one really saw being the way it was. Uh, just historically bad game, as you said already, I think, twice. Uh, this was a game that the, the Bucks decided they just weren't going to run the ball. Um, and, look, I get it. You get into a negative uh, you know, game script, you go past heavy. But they had five rushing attempts, and – Again, you already said this, but the the fifth one was a kneel down by Tom Brady. In the first half, what are you doing? What what are you doing? There is no reason to go away from the run in the first half. I don't care how much you're down by. There is no reason to go away from the run, especially when you have invested into the stable of quarterbacks that they currently have. They at the start of camp like, oh yeah, Ronald Jones, he's our guy, and then they're like, oh, we're gonna sign Leonard Leonard Fournette, even though we also have uh, fucking. These other guys, uh, including including a rookie that we drafted. Like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers clearly invested into running backs and establishing the run game. And they went away from that so quick, so early, it was unfathomable. I can tell I can I th- this is the part, this was the most glaring thing for me from this game. It wasn't that Michael Thomas was back and he was one dude who didn't catch one of Drew Brees' four touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the five rushing attempts is glaring. Mm-hmm. But if you're down 38 nothing in the fourth quarter, fourth quarter, why are you attempting a field goal? Oh, to, to get me fantasy points because I had Ryan suck up. No, that is some Bush League shit. That was merely so they didn't get shut out. Okay, sure. That but is I'll, some I'll, Bush sure, League sure. shit. I look what? It, what? But what do you expect them to do? You're down by a, a shit ton. It's like fourth and like seven or eight. I mean, you're down I don't have a, thirty. If it was fourth and one, fourth and two, sure. 
you're down 38 to nothing. Uh-huh. What is it going to harm you trying to pick it up? Is it gonna is it gonna change the outcome of the game? No. No. Is it gonna change the betting line? No. No, the betting line is way fucking past what anyone thought it was going to be. Is it going to give me fantasy points? Yes. Nobody gives I was a fuck. totally okay with it. I was nope. totally okay with it. 100%. Of course, of course you were. Of course you were. But it had it swayed in the opposite direction and suck up was on the opposite fantasy team that you were playing and those 3 points or 4 points were the the deciding factors. Oh, they would have been huge cunts for doing that. Okay, absolutely. See, but, yes, and, absolutely. But see, I'm but I'm saying that as like suck up was not a make or break for me in either one of my leagues this, this week. No, you love it because it helped pad your stats. When you're looking at from an NFL standpoint and you're talking about the goat question mark in Tom Brady and the fucking offensive guru, the quarterback whisperer that is Bruce Arians, mm-hmm. bitch, you don't go if you're down 38 nothing, go go for broke. Who cares? Why are you kicking a field field goal to erase the goose egg? Knock it the fuck off. And I will say this right now. I've said it before. You and I, I mean, fuck, dude. Over the last couple of years, you and I have discussed this shit at length. I do not consider Tom Brady the GOAT of quarterbacks unless he leads Tampa Bay to the NFC Championship game. Yes. I, he doesn't even he doesn't even have to win. Yeah, he doesn't even have to win because the person he's compared to is Joe Montana, and that is that is a can of worms that we're not going to open up tonight. Because we'll I mean, be I could if we do, I could. We, I, we I, can I, save I, that. I can get we, I can, can get it done that. in ninety seconds. You could time me. I we will okay, but I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna want to respond. We're gonna save that can of worms for for the end of the season. But let's move <clears> on. Saints and Bucks. I took the under Tampa Bay winning, but at the under, so I got the C. You took Tampa Bay covering, got the F. Let's go to the uh, Patriots and Jets. And I don't want to talk about this game. You don't want to talk about this game. We already talked about this game. I got to see. You got to see. We both got C's. Yeah. Uh, Patriots won, but they did not cover. Is there? I'm. I'm. Am I mistaken? No, I'm, there, yeah, I'm we're good. moving on, right? I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck them. Okay. Let's get to the upset picks of the week. Oh, I'm excited about this because I got both these games correct. Uh, wh- which one do you want to start with? The the, the Seahawks. Bills I don't or care. Just Colts? pick one. Just pick one and go. I don't give a fuck. I got them both wrong. Ravens and Colts. Then let's do that. Oh, good. Let's rub it in. Uh, <laughs> Ravens were three point favorites. Uh, they ended up winning twenty four to ten. You picked the Colts. Yeah, I was super, super wrong. Yeah, yeah. And where we disagreed was on the Ravens' defense because the Ravens' defense is... No, we, we, we disagreed from a fantasy perspective on the Ravens' defense. I don't discredit the Ravens' defense. I just think my problem with that Ravens' D is what has been the problem... Through most of this year, Lamar makes a lot of mistakes. So that defense stays out there a lot. They're going to get gassed. I I know Philip Rivers makes mistakes. And whatever that ungodly fucking tackle, I can't even say it was a tackle, his little flop 
to try and save the pick six. Like, <laughs> I, I, was, I don't. Well, it was the scoop and six, right? It was a scoop and score and six. Yeah. Sure. Whatever. The, yeah. I don't give a fuck what it was. He literally, he just laid down and like flailed his arm like a feral cat. Like, <laughs> like at a, at, a, at, a, at a ball of yarn. <laughs> it didn't even try. I, I will, I will eat my crow on this one when it comes to the Baltimore defense finishing top five in fantasy. But I mean, God damn it, man. The Colts, the Colts are a quarterback away from being a legit contender. Like, cause they are, they are Phil Rivers ain't it. They've got receiving options. They got a running game. They got an O line. They got a defense. Phil Rivers is the fuck, like they that that Colts defense still was able to pressure Lamar into making mistakes, and he did not impress whatsoever. Sure, sure. In the passing game, sure he got it done in the rushing game. Good for you, bro. Doesn't matter. You are a fucking quarterback. People are starting to figure you out, and the longer you take to figure out your passing shit the worse you are going to be off in this league. I think another big question mark for the Colts, actually, I agree with you on the quarterback situation, and I do agree that they are a very sound team outside of that. The running game has been working for them. However, it has not come from Jonathan Taylor, albeit he scored a touchdown, but he also fumbled, and it was a costly one, and one that gave the Ravens a lot of momentum. And you saw, once again, Jamal Wilkins out-touched out touched them. I you're right. And we talked about Taylor's presence in that depth chart. Where was he gonna be the number one? Was mm-hmm. he gonna was someone he fumbled the ball and right back down the depth chart you go. Right. Like, there there is no excuse for him to be anywhere below number one. None. None. He was drafted to be 1A and 1B with Marlon Mack. Marlon Mack is out. So that leaves him 1A. And he has given that up. He, sure, Marlon Mack was figured to be the head of that backfield, which offers Jonathan Taylor the opportunity to learn the running back game at NFL speed because there's a difference and he didn't get that opportunity. He got thrown right into it with no preseason, nothing. Now you can't excuse the turnovers. You can't excuse the lack of productivity, but at the same time saying that like he was drafted in and like he was, Oh, he he got his NFL ready though. Most NFL ready backs in Saquon Barkley. That's what all the scouts were saying. Okay. Scouts are wrong a lot. Okay. Scouts are wrong a lot about multiple positions. You remember when Jamarcus Russell went number one? Yeah. Yes. That was a yes. As long time yeah. ago, but yes, Russell did. Wilson was taken in the third round. Tom Brady was taken in the sixth. Like scouts are wrong a lot. Give Jonathan Taylor a little bit of time to work his way into the NFL especially in such an unconventional NFL season that we're looking at a lot of those running backs that are coming in as rookies that are projected to be predominant number ones have four preseason games to get up to that speed. He did not. I I will say this though. Um, I mean, sure. Like I'm not, I am not 
going anywhere near saying he's a bust. His season, his career's over. Nothing like that. But there was serious, serious discussion around the league and 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 from from the Colts as far as their uh, preseason training camps go, that he he was ready and he was going to be when you look at like from a fantasy perspective, he was going to be maybe not the guy this year, but next year for sure. And he has not shown enough this year to say, hey, next year, this is a guy that you take in the first two rounds of the draft. Yeah, I've, I've heard enough of that shit from fucking scouts and dumb motherfuckers like Mel Kuyper. Like, Mel, just shut up. You, you're you wrong over 50% of the time on your fucking picks. All right, so anything else you want to add to this game? Nope, I'm All good. Right. Let's get to the next game. I have to eat a fucking whole bag of crow on, but I'm actually more, I'm actually more okay eating my balls on this game. And it's not because you be, you beat the Seahawks. I had the Bills as front run contenders for the AFC going into the season. I did, and you fucking know that mm-hmm. because you and I are friends, right? Best friends. I put friends in quotation. I don't know why you're throwing best into that fucking whatever. That's what the quotations mean, but go ahead. But I'm glad y'all beat the Seahawks. I, I can't even say I'm glad y'all beat the Seahawks. It's like, oh, you, yes, you beat Seattle. Thank you. You're giving San Francisco. No, you're not because San Francisco is not giving San Francisco a chance, man. Fucking 2020 is a motherfucker, and they are taking that on <laughs> everything I love. Concerts, 49ers, fucking right. fuck me, dude. Right. Look, the final game was uh, 44 to, to 34. Seahawks were favored by three. This was my upset pick of the week. Uh, you know, and I looked at this game and I was like, yeah, I, I think the, the Bills have a real shot there at home. Uh, the Seahawks have a, have a really bad defense. The, the Bills need a game where they can get their offense right again. And um, I looked at it as do the Bills have a better defense compared to the saw, uh, excuse me, to the bills have a better defense than the Seahawks. And then that disparity between the bills offense and the Seahawks offense. And I felt like the, the bills defense was better than the Seahawks defense more. So the Seahawks offense was better than the bills offense. And that was correct. That was correct throughout this game. The bills jumped out to an early lead. They got ahead big. The final score was by 10 points, but it honestly, the game wasn't really ever that close. And I picked the Seahawks to win this game. (laughs) That was wrong. Um, No, you're right. This game wasn't, wasn't close. The, it was pulled within 10 points in garbage time. Um, I will say the one glaring aspect you need to look at, Josh Allen was sacked seven times in this goddamn game. Yeah. Yeah, he was. Against a bad defense. Like, time to shore up that old line, bud. But Zach Moss looked good. Mm -hmm. Stephon Diggs looked good. John Brown looked good in his first game back. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, Gabriel Davis. Yes. 
fuck me, dude. You you guys have three wide receiving options now. Cole, Cole Beasley still was doing work too. Cole Beasley didn't like. Cole Beasley's the forgotten guy in your fucking passing game now. Like, let's just let's just stop. But he still produces. It's actually like rather amazing. He's the wide receiver four now. Sure. Uh, you know, I, I agree with that. And the, the Bills, the Bills look good, and the defense looked good because yes, the Seahawks did put up thirty four points, but Russell Wilson was especially in that first half. He was very uncomfortable, and he was having a really hard time getting getting anything done. And we saw, turned the ball over four times, right? Yeah, yeah, four yeah. times. Yeah, and we saw that D, outside of DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett has not been able to show up as a consistent number two. He has not, and it's one or the other. I honestly believe Russell Wilson has the talent and the ability to support two top fifteen. Uh, receivers on a somewhat consistent basis and so far he has not been able to do that it's really been one or the other with dk metcalf being the one and tyler lockett being more or less the other well okay so in lockett's defense especially in this game this man was getting lit up over over like the middle of the field he was getting yes he was getting his ass torn up like russell wilson was doing him no favors DK Metcalf is the guy you send on the outside. Whew, throw it. Tyler Lockett's a sad, sorry motherfucker that you have to throw across the middle. And, mm-hmm. oh, I hope you have a couple yards of separation, bud, because if not, you're not hanging on to this goddamn ball, and you are going to get your shit rocked. Yeah. Yeah. That being said, fucking DK Metcalf, piece of shit, commanded nine targets. Mm-hmm. Seven catches. Lock it seven for four. And especially with the amount of times that Russell Wilson was leading his ass across just the middle of the field. And like, oh, lock it. Please hang on to the ball so we can pick up this first down. And oh, shit, you're getting your shit torn. Get you, you're getting your shit kicked in by AJ Klein. Oh, goddamn. Mm-hmm. I, it's, I, I, I agree with you. I just think DK Metcalf's, I guess. I don't know. Offensive plan is it, it? It's easier than Tyler Lockett's is. But we also saw DK Metcalf. I mean, you're right. He he is more the outside receiver. To, uh, Lockett takes way more of the inside routes. But Metcalf is able now to go in the middle of the field and make plays happen there too. Uh, Metcalf is a beast, and he is just a guy that any defense has a hard time stopping. This was again, he's still to this to this day only has one game this week, uh, this year where he's had below 90 yards receiving, and that is astounding. That is actually truly incredible. You're right, but like when you're talking, what Metcalf is doing this season is astounding, mm-hmm. not even from a fantasy, if you're just looking at from just as an NFL fan. When you're talking about Metcalf goes across the field, Metcalf's facing safeties. Dudes that he's bigger than because Metcalf is a fucking monster. Absolutely. And that gives such a huge advantage. But Tyler Lockett's going across the field against linebackers against dudes that he's smaller than. He's getting his shit pushed in, dude. Like it's it's not really fair to compare the two. It's not, but that's the reality of the situation. Metcalf is a beast. A physical beast. And even if Metcalf does line up, if he were to line up against a linebacker, oh my God, the linebacker would be toast. 
he wouldn't do, be able to keep up with them. You do know that the second we decide to pick completely 100% Metcalf against Lockett, Lockett's going to be the one to go off. You do absolutely. understand absolutely. that, right? Because that's absolutely. how this shit goes. Yes, that's absolutely how that is. That is the NFL fantasy game in like in a nutshell right there. So, all right. So that wraps up the uh, the games for week nine. We went through every single game. Give you guys a report card. Uh, final standings. And this is my first dub of the season, which is a little embarrassing. Uh, but I did get it big. And that is I got a GPA of 2.714. Tyler got the GPA of two. So that being said, let's go ahead and move on to our Thursday night preview. We uh, I still don't know who to pick. <laughs> it's a tough one. It's a tough one. I know who I want. I know who I like here in this one. Um, but we got the Colts and we got the Titans playing in this one. Who do you have? Of course you're asking me first, bitch. I just said I don't know how to pick. Who do you have? <sighs> Give do me you the want tit- me to go first? I'll tell you who I got. Give me the Titans to cover. I do too. I do too. Tennessee's a two-point favorite, by the way. Tennessee's a two-point favorite. Every piece of me wants to pick Indianapolis because their run defense is so good. And the Bears just showed you that if you can take away the running game, you can affect the passing game of Tennessee Mm -hmm. with Derrick Henry. I Oh, God. I just – I have more faith in Phillip Rivers than Nick Foles or Mitchell Trubisky. I just – I – yeah, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the fucking Tennessee Titans. It, oh, this is a divisional game two. Fuck yeah. man. Yeah. It, the Tennessee's six and two, Indianapolis five and three. Oh man. This is um, for control of the division right here. Whoever wins has first place in the division. Yeah, I'm I'm rolling with Tennessee. Tennessee did not have an impressive game whatsoever against Chicago. At home, I think they're going to get it right. Yeah, Derrick Henry is going to have a nice – even against a, a stingy run defense, I think he's going to have a nice game. Yeah. The the Titans have some things to figure out between their game last week and Thursday night on a very short turnaround. But the Colts have a lot more things to figure out with, with the way they play against the Ravens. Uh, like why Phillip starting Rivers with who, won't pull out. Right. Or who's going to be their starting running back, you know? So, uh, yeah, I, I will take the Titans in this one. Fantasy stud. Fancy Dud, who you got? Oh fuck, dude! God damn. Um, you go first. All right, my fantasy stud this week, Johnny Smith. He hasn't played great. He was hurt though for the last like three or four weeks. Last week we saw him finally get a breakthrough, get a touchdown. He wasn't relevant in the first half. He was relevant in the second half. That gives me hope. Uh, the Colts—they're very good at taking away the run game. They're very good, very good at covering receivers. I believe Tanhill is going to look to Johnu a little more than he has been in the past few weeks, especially if Johnu is as healthy as he was uh, last week. So, give me Jonu Smith in this one. I have him getting a touchdown and uh, about four to five grabs for about sixty to seventy yards. Um, I, I don't. I, I'm. I'm telling. I don't have a stud. I have a sleeper. Okay. Um, and it comes at. The Colts' most important position in the passing game, the tight end position. 
Moa Cox is questionable to play. Jack Doyle is doubtful to play. So you got Trey Burton. Trey Burton. Trey Burton showed out when he get in games when he has two rushing touchdowns on the year. Like, like Trey Burton has produced when he has been the number one. Yeah. So yeah, give me Trey. Get if you're streaming a tight end or you're sitting there with two tight ends like me, like Hunter Henry and Noah Fant, and neither one of them's doing fucking <laughs> shit. <laughs> fucking yeah, Trey Burton's not a bad play this week. So fancy dud for me, Jonathan Taylor. I mean, it's I know it's an easy one. It's kind of the low-hanging fruit. But I'll go as far as to say Jamal Wilkins is a bit of a fancy sleeper as well in this one. Um, last two games, he has out-touched him. He's had decent games. I'm going to go ahead and say against a, a soft Titans defense, they're going to look to – this isn't a game they're trying to get their rookie running back going. This is a game they're trying to win. They're going to go with whatever is the winning combination. And right now the Colts feel like Jamal Wilkins gives them a better chance of winning than Jonathan Taylor does. I'm going with Jamal Wilkins. Okay, so if you're going your fantasy stud in the passing game for the Tennessee, and it's not A.J. Brown, mm-hmm. A.J. Brown is going to be my fantasy dud. Okay. Because, and I agree with you, Jonu hasn't been great. But I think the Colts are going to focus in to shut down A.J. Brown. Oh, which they have offers, to. They, they have, have to. to. But, but that offers up opportunities like Jonu. And – Corey Davis, mm-hmm. Adam Humphreys. Mm-hmm. I think those guys, like, I, I haven't looked at the consensus rankings. Don't even know if they're out yet. But even if so, whatever A.J. Brown is rated as right now, I like, I'm not going to take any of those options above him. I just think he, his value is going to significantly dip in a divisional game, in a game where, like you said, like, the divisional crown is on the line this week. Right. Like, I, I feel like they're going to hone in and take away their most effective weapon in the passing game, which mm-hmm. is A.J. Brown. Yes, I agree. I agree, too. So so that wraps it up. Tyler, you get any last words? Um, no. I, why are you always looking for a closing statement from me? Like, I just want to provide you with the opportunity. This isn't this isn't a fucking election, dude. This is a podcast we do three <laughs> times a week, fuckface. Every week. You have any closing statements? No, I'm pretty sure I said it all. All right. Well, that does it then, everyone. Douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everyone, take care. We'll see you guys here later in the week, all right? Absolutely. We'll see you guys on Friday and Saturday evenings. You guys take care of PCDC. Everybody, good night. Hey, take care, everyone.